my leisure time, Jane. I think, um, well, I had two sisters and a brother younger than me, so we spent quite a lot of time playing with each other, um, okay. and that would have been quite a lot of, of outdoor stuff, out on our bikes. Um, we weren't in the forest, we were in a, in a village, but we lived in a close that had quite a lot of, and it was relatively safe, I suppose, for kids to cycle around and go exploring, yeah. kind of thing, um, which is my main memories, really, of, of, of uh, what we would do. Obviously, I'm not quite sure what we were doing in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, a lot, so, in, so in the summertime, it was a lot, so it was a lot outdoors, and were there many other children in the close? Um, yeah, there were a couple of other families, I think, with kids of a similar age. Um, I don't think we... We only played with the ones that were from our school years, though, so from the school, okay. rather than But from, it, from, but from you and your sister and your brother's school years, so there would be... I think, no, it sort of it broke up in a different way. So I would play with kids from my school years. There was a boy called Tim and a girl called Emma who both lived in the close mm. and happened to be at my school my junior school or I would play with my brothers and sisters but I don't think we ever mixed I never played with my brother's friends for example okay. or your brother didn't play with your friends no yeah. not too big an age gap <laughs> <laughs> there was an age gap about seven years so that's from me as the eldest to my brother who's the youngest and that was completely okay yeah well I mean he would have been three I suppose <laughs> to be fair <laughs> yeah. but my sisters were a year and a half and um, four years younger, and so they were a bit more feasible. But but no, we didn't mix in that with friends. No. Okay. Do you remember what sort of, sort of games you played outdoors? Um, it was mainly games where we were pretending to go, be going exploring. I think. Obviously, we knew where we were, but we would go further than we thought we were allowed to, although I don't remember my parents ever telling us that we couldn't either, so it's kind of pretending to ourselves, really. Um, so, yeah, going off on our bikes, that, there was a phase, that was really awful, it was a phase of um, we used to go off and try and make poisons, that was the thing, so we were collecting. We'd obviously been told you're not allowed to eat berries and this kind of thing, so we would go and collect berries and... <laughs> leaves and things like that, things, things that we thought were poisonous, and mix them all up in a pot. Because we, never, we had no intention of doing anything with it, or um, we just threw it away. And equally, in the same pot, on different days, I would try and make jam. So that was collecting berries yeah. and um, putting sugar in it and mashing it up. Mm. Just, um... So that was sort of like Indiana Jones. No, I suppose it was before Indiana. Well, like Indiana, Indiana Jones type Before, influence. really. No, just before, I think. Um, okay. And it wasn't really that we weren't trying to get away from anybody. There wasn't a no. threat like on Indiana Jones or no. you know or obstacles. We're just um, just exploring, making up games. I, I, it's hard to remember what we actually. Kids just sort of. Well, so you each other, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you just go off on your bikes and you'd invent a little adventure. Mm. Um, yeah. And go off exploring, exploring the, the, the edges of the New Forest. Well, not even that, really. I mean, the edges of the the edges of the close. <laughs> <laughs> but so what, it was in an area. Are we, 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 we talking uh, about eight, nine, okay. ten? So you're quite young. But with lots, yeah, and with much younger siblings, and yeah. um, so probably that probably constrained what I could do or where I would go. 
Mm-hmm. As we got older, we would go to the forest. The forest was about um, 10 minutes walk from the close, and then you were actually in the enclosures and in the forest. But you had to cross the bypass. Oh, right, so, okay. you know, it kind of made it a bit more like far away. Yeah, Did you have to look after your siblings? Was that... Um, there was quite a lot of babysitting and things like that. Because that would be slightly older. But, but that, that in terms of the playing. I mean, like play, yeah, would your mother say, mm. look, can you take your can you take kids out, get them away from under my feet? Mm, no, I don't remember that really. So it's just, it's just, it's just yeah, natural. I think love, so. Love and it's just playing with each other. I think so. Like, so if your friend, was, if your friend was wasn't around, then you would play with your with the siblings. Yeah, I guess that had to, there must have come a point when we, we played less with each other and more with our friends. But it's mm. hard to, to think when that happened. I think it was a fair split between the two for most of that kind of age group, for most of that age period. Okay. Mm. And I suppose in terms of friends, I mean, the other thing I, me- I do remember doing was going round to my friend Tim's house to play with his Smurf treehouse. And that was his... And I, I never actually liked Smurfs, but um, <laughs> it was a very big, uh, I don't know, maybe two foot by two foot sort of thing, big plastic blue and green thing with all these Smurf <laughs> characters and he adored it and it was it was a coup that he'd got one you know it was quite a special thing in the neighbourhood so we, we used to go in and play with that but yeah all the toys that we weren't allowed to have at my house we'd go and play at other people's houses with them and, and so at a certain age as you got a bit older then then the boundaries of where you played played in some got a bit wider so you could get you could cross yeah. the bypass because yeah. the bypass must have been a scary thing to cross yeah although I think it wasn't as bad as you might think because we I mean from the age of 11 so at 11 I went to the um, local comprehensive school and that must have been about um, a mile and a half two miles away and so everyone used to cycle, everybody. So very road aware, you know, cycling. Um, we all did our cycling proficiency at school and, and cycled on quite, you know, fairly, well, not exactly London, you know, it's no. a village, but, um, <laughs> but we were quite capable of cycling on busy roads and didn't worry about that too much. So I think we're fairly, fairly streetwise in that regard. And, and I also remember, I also remember taking my brothers and sisters to the village to buy sweets at the weekend so you'd get 10p pocket money go to the local newsagent go and buy sweets it was probably the highlight of the week really and um, and I remember teaching them how to cross roads we used to sing a little song which I'm definitely not going to sing now (laughs) probably even think about asking but it was based on it was based on a television programme and it was something like I remember the words were something like uh, stop, go, wheels go fast wheels go slow and that was the little thing that went round, and basically, they were just teaching people how to cross roads with it. I think on the on the telly program, which was too, it was definitely too young for me. Um, but my brothers and sisters were watching it. Yeah. So. You used it as a way of yeah, te- teaching them. Yeah, and just just playing, I suppose, in a way, playing but making sure they could cross the road. So. Okay. So so then you'd get you'd get out in the new forest, and so that I'd imagine. Like the new forest must have been a huge adventure. Yeah. As a young, um, well, all ages, but as a young child, like say if you're if you're going to go out in an adventure, 
sort of quite a, I know, I've always imagined it's quite an open land. Yeah, and it's not always as nice as it sounds in some ways. Um, so the, the area near my village was, um, so you cross the bypass and then you hit the big, um, well, enclosure, I guess, but no, a massive great strip of grass, basically, mm-hmm. with pylons running along it. That was the first <laughs> oh, bit you hit. And then on the other side of that was the, the, the actual forest started, but it was, it was the very new stuff, so it was very... Um, Ugly, really, I think. You know, flat and mm. uh, fairly recent trees, evergreen, pine-type trees. Okay. Bluffing a bit here. But, you know, they're not the sort of nice old oaks that you might think no. with nooks and crannies to go and explore in. Okay. It's quite regimented, the way that yeah. the trees are laid out. Um, and then you'd have to go quite a bit further in and then you'd start to find some hills and slopes and maybe there was some, a few rivers here and there and heathland on the back of that. And, but we don't, we don't think we ever really went... We certainly didn't go that far as small children. Um, so the forest mostly was with parents, going for walks with parents, okay. where we would drive to a point of interest and then walk from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we went on our own, we would, by the time we'd got across the bypass and walked across the pylon field, <laughs> we'd kind of be a bit knackered probably yeah. and thinking about going over tea. So we didn't, didn't really go all that far. Okay. Although, Although my parents had no idea where we were, hmm. you know, so it wasn't quite. No, it wasn't there. It's more, more your, you know, how far it was for you to travel, mm. really. Yeah, I think so. And do you think? Okay. Yeah, it's because the New Forest is a bit of a strange forest, isn't it? Really. Mm. Um, it's not the most attractive thing. Well, it isn't. It isn't. It's, I always thought it was horrible. It was horrible because the word New Forest, and then mm. going up on the train. I suppose you go through, go through it quite quickly. It looks quite. Look, oh yeah, it's quite nice from the train. <laughs> bits of it, no, bits of it are lovely, but the bit yeah. that where we were, I mean, we were right on the edge of it, and um, it wasn't the, the more attractive part, really, I suppose. No, okay. Um, so, what sort of TV programmes would you be watching then? Do you remember? Uh, a few, not very many. Uh, my dad, I think it came from my dad, but basically, my parents together banned ITV completely. So never watched anything with adverts in it, basically. It was all about the adverts. They were also very anti-anything American. <laughs> and um, so we watched some things on BBC, but it was, uh, you know, I came to associate it with a massive sense of guilt, watching television. Mm-hmm. So I've got over that now. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you could, watch, quite, you you could watch what you want as long as it was BBC, really. Because one lady I interviewed was only allowed a half hour a day. She could choose one check one program. Oh right. Um, and, um, no, I think they're, they're kind of quite. We didn't watch much, you know. They tried to avoid us watching too much. I think we watched a bit every day. I think we watched it after school. That was when we watched it really. Mm-hmm. So you came home from school. We were allowed to watch the children's programs up to probably about five, but only on mm-hmm. BBC. Like Blues, Peter, Blues, Blues, Blues Peter and yeah, yeah. Newsnight, and not on Newsnight, Newsround. Yeah. And Grain Chill, and, right. but that would have been, I mean, again, that would have been a bit later, not at the age of she, eight or ten. This lady I interviewed really wanted to watch Grain Chill, but she was forbidden, oh. and it was a disruptive influence. Yeah, no, it wasn't, it was quite a sort of strange slant my parents had on it. It was specifically about the adverts, and it was specifically about American mm. rubbish, as they would see it. Yeah. And I remember them telling me that, uh, uh, that Play School was what, ad, what American adults watched. <laughs> so 
Okay. Yeah, they probably yeah. had a bit of an attitude politically, I think, at that stage. Sure. <laughs> but, um, so did they take the button off the ITV, or just was it just no, something that you just knew you we wouldn't, couldn't. wouldn't be able to press Yeah, that we just knew we didn't. I don't think we really even railed against it very much. There were some things... It was, to be honest, it was never really a problem until I was older. I became a student, and um, probably even at sort of sixth form age, when your friends would say, oh, do you remember? You know, mm. They'd start reminiscing about programmes they used to watch. And I just still hadn't ever seen any of them. So I'd never seen The Muppet Show, for example, mm. or some of those ones that are really big, quite cult, mm. cult hits. And um, that, was, that was a question I asked truly, is like, did it make us slightly slow, socially excluded from school where, where children would come in and they would talk about programmes? Mm. Um, and she doesn't ever remember it really uh, bothering her or affecting us. Not, so. not at that age. I don't think kids really did talk about programmes in, in those days. And I don't remember, you know, I mean, I watched Good Pizza and I watched Great Show and I watched those things, but I never went and talked to my friends about them. I didn't care about them. You know, we had other things to talk about with friends. It wasn't about telling. I'm pretty sure of that. Mm. Whereas now... Sorry. Oh. I should switch that off. <laughs> um, what about toys? You indicated that you didn't really have your parents really didn't have toys in the house and you had to go to f- other friends to play with toys? Um, no, we did. I mean, we, we definitely had toys, um, plenty of them, but it was... Uh, again, I suppose, maybe it was just this general disapproval um, that they had about certain types of... certain types of toys and what they meant. So something like... You know, they didn't really like the idea of Smurfs, I think, because they were a big marketing to some extent and I'm kind of with them on all this you know I kind of agree Um, pretty sure they weren't that keen on guns either but as I mean it was me and two sisters were the next ones down so that was never really an issue because I didn't really want them we did have I mean we did have something we had Barbies and things I think in the end but probably took a bit of effort to get them and my little ponies and I was never really personally that into um, dolls that I remember. But you had a bike, so that was a toy, I suppose. So you had, yeah. so you had some, some... Okay, I don't think I ever asked for that. That, that sort of appeared at some point. Mm. I guess they thought it would be a good thing. And at that age, um, it was, I think I was going around on a little trike. Um, or had stabilisers or something, mm. you know. It was, mm. It took me quite a while to go up to the big bike. Okay. We actually did do. Must have filled the hours. Well, that was it because then because then you mentioned the winter. It's like so. What happens in the winter? Yeah. Like so. So you were sort of indicating you didn't go outside so much. No. I think there was lots of um, lots of games of imagination. I think that was the main thing, and maybe that was through having lots of brothers and sisters so we I, did, I know we spent a lot of time playing things like schools one of us would pretend to be the school teacher why we would find that fun I don't really know but we no. did oh, yeah, and yeah. Um, uh, probably hospitals shops you know mm. lots of that sort of thing also lots of um, lots of just family war you know yeah. because there was four kids so you had endless Possibilities for 
realigning yourself with other members of the family. And um, it's a bit nasty, really, but... Not really. Kind of, well, natural, maybe, but, mm. you know. So there was a lot of, oh, um, Amy and Isabel are horrible, and Coralie and Max mm. are against them, and whatever, and then it would... Amy and Isabel would get Max to come on their side, and then everyone was anti-Coralie, and then lots of that kind of thing. But no physical real... Uh, a little. <laughs> <laughs> Not a, for me. No, just a little. <laughs> Not for me. Yeah, no, a bit of scratching and hair pulling probably. But um, that that was from um, it's the classic thing of because I was the eldest. Mm. I genuinely never did never did any of that. But I would be trying to hold my younger sisters back. Mm. It wasn't really my brother either. He was probably too little. Um, but then it would always be you know pick on someone your own size. And as the eldest, you would get the, the clip around the ear. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think it, I think it was a lot of games of imagination and and, and having adventures and mm. you know probably not very profound ones, but still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think you're, you're inventing your own games and your own yeah. rules and yeah. and uh, guidelines and things, which is um, is one of the conversations I've been having with young people at school actually, whether mm. computer games limit their imagination. Yeah. Because it's all prescribed. But especially like we would on on one um, interview is talking about playing, say, cricket. So they'd make their own bat and they'd chalk up on the wall as a as a wicket. And then there was like lots of debate about whether the ball hit the wicket. Mm. And then like so there's all that sort of stuff going on around the game and mm. it's like imaginative mm. and like say negotiation skills and yeah. realigning of whether whether it was hit hit or not. Yeah, absolutely. Rather than a computer game, it's very black and white, it's yeah. done it or not. Well, yeah, and I, and I wonder if um, if it's similar with television, where people are, are more bought into the television programmes now, and the big, you know, it's, it's a bit dated, but things like Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, or whatever, mm. and if kids are kind of acting out that, then they're still acting out the story mm. rather than imagining it from scratch. So, because I don't, mm. we did, I, I just don't remember, doesn't mean it didn't happen, but I really don't remember ever talking about television, ever caring about it in that way. I remember that there was that whole thing of who shot JR, and that must have been some period. Mm-hmm. Sometime in my childhood, I didn't watch Dallas anyway, so I, I didn't, you know, I didn't care, I didn't know. But I do remember that was a, that was a big thing when the public was interested in the outcome of a TV story. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I just don't think that was happening very often, and that's why I remember it. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't think people were as bought into the the TV stories. I don't know, really. I can't with you. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember it either, really. Mm. Um, was there any activities? Was there like any organised activities outside of school, like um, guides and brownies and all that stuff that you took part in? Mm, I used to do brownies. Um. Did you continue that into becoming a guide? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Not for very... I think I must have stopped halfway through guys. Kind of decided it wasn't for me at some time around then. I did enjoy brownies much more than guys, I think. By guys, girls were bitchier. And, you know, it wasn't so nice anymore. But, but brownies was good. And often, with both with brownies and guides, that would be another way that we would use the forest. So, in the summer, quite often, the brownie session would be in the forest. And you'd do tracking and things. And play just play games. Mostly play... British bulldog and things like that, I think, in the, under the pylons. 
It's such a race to into charge. Well, it is. That's the pylons that you've got to see. Well, they're just there everywhere, aren't they? I just yeah. noticed them more in somewhere like Mid Forest. Yeah. Um, is it because the brownies probably was a more active um, activities rather rather than guides were probably a bit more sexist in what they what sort of things you did? They were more like needlework and. No, I think it's the opposite in a way because. Um, at Brownies, because I was never really very outdoorsy. Although I'm saying I went around on my bike, I wasn't particularly outdoorsy. Oh, right. So my interests were much more about um, arts and crafts and things like that, actually. Which I haven't mentioned at all, have I? But, um, but yeah, that's probably quite a lot of solitary activities. And so in Brownies, lots of the badges were, there were more, there were probably more, more of a mix of things that everyone was trying to do badges. Because you kind of accept wide-eyed that of course you want to do badges you know you want badges you really want a badge um, whereas some of you guys are a bit more cynical and also the girls I suppose are more sort of coming of age and more kind of well yeah cynical basically cynical about everything um, and people so people would kind of you know you wouldn't really want to do a badge on art because that would be sneered at by some of the scarier Scarier guides, <laughs> something like that, and people were more concerned about you know makeup and hair, and so they kind of it became a in a way there wasn't enough activities at the guides to keep us on a level playing field, and it just became more of a social event, I think. Um, I don't remember it being you know upsetting or anything in any way, but I, I just sort of drifted away from it. Whereas brownies, yeah, there was a good mix of things, and I did, and I genuinely wanted to get badges. You know, I genuinely wanted to um, see what I could do, and I liked all the little rituals and the little, the, all the kind of paraphernalia that goes with okay. brownies. I think at that age. Okay. So, so you mentioned arts and craft, but you haven't mentioned what. And what, what could you tell us about? Um, your just used to like doing that. I mean, I can't. It's hard to remember. If I, how much of it I was doing at that age but I know that I shortly after that so maybe by the time I was at the secondary school um, early to mid secondary school so probably about 12, 13 I was making um, making things out of females of modelling clay and selling it um, selling it to people at school and selling it also in craft fairs and things like that so I got very seriously into all of that for a while. I just really enjoyed it. And that's something that's carried on through, through to my current, current age. But uh, uh, I, I find it hard to remember when I actually did it. I mean, I must have, I guess I just sat at the kitchen table and did it mm. for hours. <laughs> and I was like very precise, fine work, but there were very, very small things that I was making. That was theme of clay. Yeah, was that the so stuff that, was that the type of clay you put in an oven and fire? Yeah, yeah. it sort of comes in coloured blocks. Yeah, and we yeah, stick it in the oven. So they'd be tiny, tiny little um, animals and things like that normally that would be turned into uh, brooches and necklaces and earrings and whatever. I thought I could sell, really. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think, I think generally, I think for you know, Christmas and birthdays and things, I would get things that were... The tools that I could do crafts with so I had a soldering iron one year <laughs> that I really wanted it, it was to burn wood it was a particular sort of soldering iron to burn wood burn patterns onto wood I mean it's 
a bit surprising really that I was asking for that at that age, but I was. And uh, yeah, paints and coloured card and you know mm. all the stuff yeah, yeah. that you might make things out of. Yeah, making so. cards and things and drawing and yeah, sketchbooks. Yeah. And yeah. So, can you remember? Would you do you feel like there was a there was a dividing line that you suddenly become a teenager that things changed in your ledger? You talked about guys and how mm. um, some of the girls would be suddenly more focused on makeup and hairs and things. Do you think in your life there was suddenly you suddenly thought you stopped doing what you enjoyed? Well, not stopped doing what you enjoyed, but what you enjoyed doing suddenly changed. Um, probably was around that. Well, probably was around about the time that you went to secondary school, so eleven, twelve. Um, I think, you know, when you went to big school, as it was called, you, you were going further, you had, in, as I said before, you, you know, cycling quite a long way. Um, I had a new group of friends, and it was a much bigger school. And I suppose you just would have been a bit ashamed, a bit embarrassed to be playing all these little imagination games and going off exploring on your bike. Hmm. But you actually found different ways of doing it, didn't you, in a way? So then you would go off on your bikes to... Going to excite in the park or something. So it's kind of you may be doing the same thing, but you're trying to do it and be cool. Yeah. Um, so that's probably you've probably been at the secondary school for a couple of years, and that and there was probably a transition through years. Yeah, over that period, it wasn't like you woke up no, one day and. No. But you started to realise that certain things weren't cool, I think, and you just stopped doing them so much. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, and it probably that's around the same time. I, I think Brownies is, is sort of 7 to 11 and Guides is 11 and above or something, or 13 and above. It's about that kind of age group, isn't it? So, about the same age. So, I mean, that's one of the perceptions, I think, of, of young people in the country is there's nothing, there's not so much to do as a city and that mm. kids hang out and start drinking. Is that yeah. something that you took part in? Uh, I wasn't really, I wasn't really cool enough. I was too nerdy. <laughs> but it is what people were doing. Yeah, I mean, where I was, um, you couldn't get to the nearest place was Southampton. That was the big city. So that's where you went shopping, and the buses were once an hour, I think, and they took forty minutes. So it's quite an effort. You never went after school. You would go on a Saturday, and probably went on a Saturday nearly every Saturday for a long time, actually. Um, so beyond that, you know, in the village, there was really very little to do. There was a youth club at the church, um, which I think I went to for a while, maybe a few months or... didn't feel like it was very long, anyway. And they just played ping-pong and had giant orange squash. It wasn't long before you realised that that wasn't cool either and everyone stopped going there. Probably as you got older, probably around that age, you know. And then after that, I think you just spent time in each other's houses, you'd be in your friends' houses, so it depends who you were hanging around with. Probably just went round to my friends' houses, talked about boys, um, gossiped about school, and and then the, and the, and the, by that stage there were sort of areas where you didn't really like to go in the village because it's, it's, because certain kids were hanging out in certain areas. Okay. So, yeah, there, were, there was a lot of kids that would go to the park and um, drink, drink massive bottles of cider. You always kind of wanted to be part of that, but we weren't cool enough. 
so we were never invited and we never went and we were also quite scared of them and there were also kids that sat outside um, the, the spa or the BG or whatever it was called um, on the bench there and th- th- in the village and just took the piss out of anyone who wasn't cool enough you know yeah. <laughs> and when I say cool it's, it's not so much cool as hard so we just sort of kept away from them tried not to cross their path too much I think there was no, no, nothing more than a, the odd bit of name calling I don't think there was never any kind of violence but it was just but you did start to have different areas of the village belong to different people so, were the, group, so the group outside the spa was different to the group in the, in the park they, they were the different but they would have got on relatively well you know they, they sort of went two sides of the same mm. coin really mm. I think and probably interchangeable yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they were getting a bit bored of the park they thought they'd come and sit drift. on the bench while they went and tried to buy some more cider or something mm. like, yeah, hanging outside getting adult, asking for adults to buy their cider for them mm. Mm. Um, did you ever have to tell your parents you were doing one thing but actually did something naughty <laughs> well not naughty but yeah you know, something, so you had to sort of slightly what my mother calls a white lie no, we're t- still talking about sort of ten. No, well, I think it's probably more like teenager teenagers. now, like where you're sort of saying that. Yeah. It's a bit shaming to say so, really, but not really because <laughs> I was really quite square. Mm. So I, I, I think it's partly being the eldest. I know that my sisters did, and my brother definitely did many times. And I was kind of, I suppose I was sort of in the awkward position of knowing but not, you know, not saying anything. But because, and also maybe that I'm just not that, I don't really think that anything I did was that bad. But I mean, I did, I did sneak off to the pub and things like that. But I didn't really think that that was that bad. You know, I never got drunk. I'd go and have half a lager. Mm. And, you know, so I didn't really... And that was all I could afford. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have to tell your parents you were going somewhere else, but you were just going out. And they... I was just going out, yeah. yeah I remember know. a few times I would come back and they would say, you smell of cigarettes, and I would say... In fact, they knew I was going to the pub, because I would say, although I'd had a, some cigarettes, and that's why I stank of cigarettes, I would say, yes, well, I've been in the pub and everyone was smoking. So, and they accepted that one. I'm sure they didn't really. I'm sure they knew. But, um, so I suppose in that regard, I was lying about smoking. But that was... That would be at the age of sort of 17, 18. That was a bit older, really. So even then, you know, it took me a while to be doing that. Um, no, I think my parents were fairly relaxed. There wasn't much that was off limits. And so, in a way, there wasn't many boundaries to push. So no. didn't really need to lie particularly. And they did do, I mean, at the age of 15, I went off with my friend, Victoria, and we... We got the train to Exeter from Southampton and we cycled all the way to Penzance, staying in youth hostels for a week. You know, the days before mobile phones, the days before Mm -hmm. internet. Yeah, it was. I mean, we just had a map (laughs) and a bike, (laughs) two two bikes, Mm. and off we went. Um, So, you know, they were letting us do things like that. We didn't really have any cause to to lie about it. And, and, And as well, I mean, I find it hard to imagine now. But then, at the age of 15, I was quite content not to be drinking, not to be going to pubs, not to be, you know, it was much more healthy 
and didn't really have any money beyond what we were paying for the youth hostels with my bread and cheese and eating it in, you know, fields along the way. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds ridiculously kind of romantic, but um, that's, was, you know, that kind of made us happy. It was fine. And I wasn't trying to get into pubs. I wasn't trying to get served in bars. So, no, I can't imagine it now. <laughs> but... Well, it's quite, it seems quite bold, then, not it, to go off, you know, for like that holiday on your own, just you and your friend, that, mm. you know, even though 15 is, yeah, like some of the older people would consider that's it, you're an adult, then. Yeah. But in this day and age, it's quite, yeah, I'd imagine, I don't, I don't imagine any of the parents I've spoken to so far allowing their children to do that. Yeah, I think they'd be much warier. I mean, bear in mind, I'm, I'm, I'm late in the school year, so I've just finished my GCSEs. Oh, point. Okay. So it was just the summer holiday, um, just after my GCSEs mm. that we went. But um, it's still, 15, it's still yeah. Oh, yeah, close to yeah, 16. Yeah, we were very still. naive, we were very naive girls. But um, but then again, you know, you could do that. Youth hostelling was seen as quite safe, and mm. because we were together, I'm sure mm. our parents would have been less happy if we weren't. But but we were. Um, yes, that's true. Yes, yeah, yeah. Cause I was talking to a, to a mother the other day that, and she's worried because her daughter's gone off um, on her own. Mm. And it's like you say, it's not having that someone the air there. I think it's always what it's, it's one of her big worries. Mm. It's not mm. somebody else looking out for. Her. And it comes back to that whole thing. There's so much more media. Well, I mean, whether or not it's actually happening or not, there's mm. much more media about you know attackers and paedophiles and all this sort of stuff than there ever was then. Mm. And it may well have been happening, but it wasn't something that we were frightened of, really. We kind of knew you shouldn't talk to strangers when, when they're much more little, but we didn't really know what the consequence was. Whereas I think now the consequence is everywhere, and people are a lot more you know, wary. Um, how would you <coughs> arrange to meet up with friends? I remember. The phone on the house phones, I think. Okay. I mean, and probably... And probably the previous time we saw them, they'd probably say when we'd see them again. And a lot of the time, I suppose, it was also from school, so we would, we would presumably, presumably go home from school and say, I'll see you later, I'll come out at seven or something. Mm. And, and were your friends from secondary school, because your secondary school's quite a way away, were they still living quite close to you? Yeah, mostly. Not all of them. Um, it was. It had. I mean, obviously, a much bigger catchment. So some of them were on the other side of the school from me. They were all probably within uh, maybe about seven miles. Maybe <laughs> with the school in the middle. But it's a bit too far. Yeah. I mean, if if Are I you? had a friend in in uh, Marchwood, that was just there was a girl I knew in Marchwood. To see her outside of school meant a parent dropping us off okay. at the other place. You know, you, you had to really organise that. Well, you wouldn't say public transport wasn't very good. So. I would say um, I'll see you in Southampton, town centre on Saturday, and you'd arrange to meet up. Um, no, probably never got to that stage of the friendship because she was a bit too far away, mm. to be honest. So no, it's very interesting. I think with the, with the, with the large catchment group of schools now, you know, I found mm. it very interesting that they can be best of friends at school, and in summer holidays they don't have any mm. contact and it's that very strange close closeness and then never talking and then but aren't they keeping in touch through social media now they didn't seem to no they didn't no. seem to be it's like you know, a bit cold isn't it <laughs> yeah. and then whether they continue being friends in September I don't know but 
This is up before I did this project. There's another one. It was just quite interesting that I just, yeah, sort of surprised. They did have no contact with, and they, mm. but they were a bit school. They'd be like, yeah, like joined at the hip almost, going around everywhere yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. Um, but because I say school catchment areas are so large now that they, they, cheap. I'd say they say no. Well, I live there, and I live. Yeah, I think it did. I mean, that was something that uh, it just remembered another kid I used to hang around with when I was probably around more, more like the eight to ten age group and one was just wondering to myself what had happened to her and that was because we went to different schools so that was the other thing there was a massive disruption after because primary and junior were on the same site so it, as all the kids went off to the different schools some of them went off to private schools some of them went to a grammar school um, and some of them went to the local comprehensive there was two comprehensives so there was a choice of maybe five schools. Um, some of them, obviously, the private ones and the grammar schools were much further away. But but some of the kids that I was friends with were, were kind of ripped completely away from it at that age. And you never really saw them again. That was that. Um, even, even though they still, so they still lived locally. Yeah. But yeah. they went to a different school. It was that was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I suppose you just weren't kind of. I mean, maybe we tried to stay friends for a while, but you weren't seeing enough of each other, and you didn't kind of get like adult friendships. You know, you kind of have to invest in it a bit, don't you? And if you don't, things things start to falter, and you spend more time with other people. And that's that. Um, did you ever join one of the youth movements? I suppose you're, we're talking about punk, punk rock, really, your, your generation. Um, or a bit, a bit later, what you got in you know, the new age? Well, by the time I was at university or sixth form to university, my thing was the. Um, uh, I just called it being skanky, you know. So basically, I had uh, some dreadlocks, some okay. dreadlocks, yeah. not all. <laughs> And some beads in my hair, and I'd dyed it blonde and then bright, bright red, so it was like a pillarbox red. And I wore massive power boots, parachute boots, size 11, because that was the smallest ones they had in the shop when I tried to buy them. They were second hand army boots. Yeah. Um, that was at university. And before that, I um, was, was building towards that, I suppose. So I was starting to wear, it was probably a bit more hippie ish, with like long, flowery skirts. And, uh, that kind of thing, and then it kind of got it. it kind of that that hippie thing. It kind of hit the riot girl thing, something like that. About the time of university, so suddenly okay. the girls were getting a bit feistier, and then so, so I was wearing flowery dresses, but with big boots. Mm. So it was that kind of yeah. <laughs> tension, I suppose. Yeah. But, but riot, riot was a girl was a cartoon, wasn't it? I remember rightly. It was sort of a movement, I think, in oh, a way. Okay. It probably probably was a cartoon as well. I didn't really know mm. about the cartoon or. Anything, but it was just that it was that feeling of girls just getting a bit more um, aggressive, really. A bit Spice more girls. No, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. No, no, no. No, that? Spice Girls is much more mainstream. Right Girl was quite. Yeah, but it was that thing. Of what, quite I mean, I rough. Just, quite, 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 yeah, I can't think of what they're famous songs. Yeah, Spice Girls. It was all about women power, wasn't it? Yeah, but in a very yeah, yeah in a sense way. of like dyeing your hair blonde and wearing red lipstick, way. Yeah, not um. Yeah, not 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 going around and kicking people in the face. Yeah, like like right. The right girl was very. It was much more um, much more aggressive and alternative and a bit scary. 
turn off people, but I, mean, I wasn't yeah. like one at all. No, so it's just yeah, it's a mixture of hippie punk type, yeah, 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 it was that kind of yeah, that kind of aesthetic. And, and Nirvana and all that. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Grunge. Nirvana and the Breeders and the, the whole music scene that went with it, and that was that was my main way in. I was into all that music. So, so did that really influence you? Um, your your personality. Yeah, it's more like it. More like my personality fitted with it, I think, certainly at that age. I don't think it was really that it influenced me so much as it felt like I'd found what, you know, what, what suited me. And it was a very specific um, period of kind of culture or fashion or music, I think, as well, at university at that, at that age. It was a, um, the whole indie thing, the whole thing of... It was the very last days of people having student grants, I think, and so it was an aesthetic where you you didn't you didn't buy new clothes, you didn't you know you all wore old jumpers with holes in, mm. and it was almost a badge of honour that you did that. Um, whereas now, you know, or even ten years later, when I was living in Leeds and uh, or Brighton and looking at the students there, the, the aesthetic had really changed, and people wanted labels and they wanted mm. new things. You mm. know, it's very different. So the whole thing kind of fitted together, I think. And I, you know, I was left wing. I was vegetarian. Although I was a vegetarian from the age of eleven, so I can't really say that that yeah. happened. No. You know, that period. No, like but, part of that but it was all that kind of yeah. It sort of fit with what I thought I was, I suppose. And we're talking what sort of year? Is it like early eighties? Would be this? We're talking. No, um, that would be. Uh, I was at university ninety one to ninety four. Oh, okay. Okay. So, I was only about seven in the early yeah, 80s. I know, I know, I was just thinking that's wrong, early 80s. I was yeah. like, I'm trying to think when all that happened. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't suppose your village had a cinema. No. So you would never go to the cinema? Well, I would, yeah, no, I would, though. Um, there was a cinema up the road in Fawley. Um, so that would probably be five miles away, but uh, maybe a bit less. We used to walk it sometimes. Three miles, and it was associated with the power station. So, um, SO Power Station at Fawley had a social club and they had a cinema, um, and it was quite a big cinema. Um, so, we did used to go there. It was known as the Flea Pit, and it was not mm. not an attractive thing at all. Mm. Big, ugly old building. Um, we would sometimes go there. Uh, I remember seeing some of the Disney cartoons there as a kid. With my parents. Ooh, I know. treat American cartoons. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, mainly we would see uh, things like uh, Star Wars. Actually, I remember seeing Star Wars there. Those things coming out. The first Star Wars, Ghostbusters, and mm. that was my era really. So we did see things there, and we also um, it was also a theatre. It could turn into a theatre. So I was actually in shows there as well. Because oh, we, we were quite into... It's probably why I wasn't watching that much telly. It's like quite a lot of the evenings. We were, we'd, we'd be rehearsing for things. So it was an adult group of... Um, there was two, the Operatic Society and the Music and Drama Society. And they would put on shows. And my mum was involved in them. And so at some point they said, we need a kid to play this part. And my mum put me forward and... Uh, you know, there's no sort of auditioning or anything, it was just like, oh, right, you do that then. Mm. So, got into it through that. 
Okay, so we've not really talked about that. So you're talking about that. No, so so it's about an organised activity. Really. Yeah. Eleven, eleven. You join. You join in the drama. The drama club. Yeah. And is it something that your it mother talked you into doing, or you thought, oh great? No, she was. I mean, she was doing it already for her leisure, you know. And then, um, and we'd, so we'd go. We'd go and see her and shows, you know, once or twice a year. Mm. And then, and then one day, I guess she just said, "Do you want to be in it?" And I said, "Yeah." And it's that simple. Don't really remember it happening. No, no. And I, I came on, I had one line, I was a page boy or something, I had to come onto the stage, say one thing, go back off, mm. and that was it. Mm. And then the next year, I think I'd really enjoyed it, the next year I wanted to be in it anyway. So then they started bringing more kids in so they could be part of the chorus and mm. just do general things. So that'd be once a week, wouldn't you go to drama club? Um, yeah. Yeah, except, for, I mean, when it was getting nearer, that would get really full on, so it might be three times a week or... Okay. And then you'd have to learn the songs, and you'd have to, you know, so there's quite a lot of stuff around it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And would you go with friends in the village, or was that just you and your mother? Um, no, it was family, really. Uh, there were some kids there, you know, eventually there were some other kids there, but they, they tended to be all uh, daughters and sons of other people who were already in the group. So it was an, it was an adult group, it wasn't, mm. um, it wasn't aimed at kids at all. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah, it's not like wow and way, but it's pretty very chill. Yeah. No, it's more like the, the adult, the operatic society yeah. here, much more like that, really. Mm. So they've got the odd kid yeah. on stage to bulk it out and make it look like families and things. But, um, so did you make good, fr- good friends of other young people that attended? Was it like a, a uh, nice bonding? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Well, I think the, the main other people were, there was two boys who used to go, um, who... Me and my sister had both had a bit of a crush on them, which meant that we never talked to them. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, so, we, we started to touch on them as an adult, so you're, going, you're, going to, you're going to university. Um, did, again, so do you find your leisures change much? I mean, do you think, you know, has, did, you, did you continue doing drama at university? No, no, I lost confidence, really. Um, Lost confidence, even though you were out there right kicking. That's a strange mixture of that culture, really, isn't it? This you're presenting this really. No, was like, was present, yeah. I mean, the the, the dress was uh, well. It was just not girly, I suppose. No. It was like taking the nice bits of being a girl. And yeah, I yeah. still dress a bit like that, you know. I still mm. wear dresses with boots. I kind of I just tone it down a bit. I don't have the dreadlocks anymore and stuff. <laughs> you know, I still mm. I still like that aesthetic mm. um, of not being overly girly, but not being a boy mm. um, <clears throat> but sorry what was the question um, we were just, no, just thinking about yeah so, so I'm just thinking about how your leisure time has changed as an adult so I'm thinking about what you've said so far of going to university and um, you know you, weren't, you didn't really go drinking and, and you know university what people perceive of especially first year student life is drinking drugging I was no, I, yeah, no. At, at university, I was definitely drinking all the time, but, um, and going to see, going to nightclubs really. But again, they're, they're kind of um, not the not what you think of not glitzy nightclubs, but the alternative nightclubs, yeah. the grungy ones, yeah. where they played the sort of music that I liked. So yeah. you know, what well, didn't really see live bands very much because I suppose the sort of music I liked was not. It it was. Some of it was American bands. I mean, it was things like Nirvana. Um, so obviously they went here, but I don't remember there being much of a scene of local bands. Okay. There. I was at university in Hull, um, mm. 
and actually, which actually is known for its live music, but because I had imagined that period of music music being very much about um, live music rather than, like, say, disco. And no, it was mainly it used to be more about the DJs, the local DJs who had access to all those records that we wanted to hear, mm. you know, sort of thing. And they were very small places, very small nightclubs. Mm. They were just a room, really, mm. but. Um, spent a lot of time doing that. I was at the university. I was quite. I was a bit of an activist in various things. There was things, collecting money for this or signing petitions for that. Or um, so I was quite active in the, in the union, yeah. doing things like that. But again, all, always the stuff on the edge. I was never on the union council. I was always. I was running the amnesty group, or I was the secretary of the green group, or something. You know, it wasn't political in the same way. Okay. Well, that's quite active being a secretary, so that's like you're quite, quite involved. Yeah, yeah, I was getting involved in things, definitely. Mm. And, um, and in a way, that sounds like it's almost replacing the drama side of things, like that type of slightly organised leisure. Yeah. In a, yeah, in a way, I suppose. I mean, it was always as a way to meet people as well. It wasn't mm. ever purely out of the goodness yeah. of my heart, but it was, a, but it, but it happened to be things that I causes mm. I cared about, obviously. Yeah. And. You know, what we would do, I mean, the Amnesty Group would arrange a gig. It would arrange a gig at a certain venue to collect the money for Amnesty. So it would, that kind of... So I, And I remember drawing the posters. <laughs> so, you know, you kind of get all the bits that you like to do. I like to do my art and then I like to see bands and, you know, obviously arranging something where nice boys might turn up. And it was kind of <laughs> they all fit together. Uh, and a bit of studying around that, I suppose, but, but mainly drinking and music, I think, that was the main thing at the university. I didn't do, I, no, I didn't do any, join any big, didn't really do anything that was outside of the university, so I didn't join local Amdram, but no. I didn't do Amdram at university because that was a whole, that, that was the very um, exhibitionist kids, really, I think, you know, the very... Mm. But also they probably had drama, kids. like, say, drama degrees now, I suppose, mm. which so like they have a whole Yeah, they were a bit more professional, certainly that. aspiring to be professional mm. and I wasn't, it was just for fun. So. But like I say you wouldn't, yeah, because university life is a very microcosm, isn't it? So people don't really go and maybe enter the local local sea, I think yeah. yeah. Universities seem to be especially if you've travelled away to go to a place. Yeah. They're yeah. like they're like a little world. Yeah, definitely. Um, after you left university, I mean, how 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 do you how do you fit? Because obviously, like as a young as a teenager, a young child, you've got the perception that you've got a lot more free time because you've got parents doing a lot of the nitty gritty. As an adult, how do you fit your leisure in with your work? I mean, what sort of hobbies have <laughs> continued? I mean, yeah. drama. You said does drama drama continue to play a part? No, it's something that I've kind of it's always on the back burner. So it's something that I've considered doing here, joining not so much the drama but the music and the operatic side of it. But then I, I mean, I'm probably a bit of an odd case in a way because because I moved to Weymouth only a year ago. I joined like almost everything that I could think of because mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody here at all. Mm-hmm. So I had to had to integrate very fast and find some friends mm-hmm. urgently. Um, and I was also. And it was also a very deliberate choice because I, in Leeds I'd become almost entirely focused on work and did very little outside of that um, or outside of the relationship I had then as well. So mm. I, you know, I wanted to get more involved in the community, more involved in social activities. 
So, yeah, kind of, you know, joined a ridiculous number of things. And now I'm kind of settling down into which ones I want to keep because yeah. otherwise <laughs> I'll have no time left to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which hobbies are, what are the ones that you've, you've, you've latched onto then? Uh, well, there's a big thing around music, so that, that's folk music in particular. Um, being involved with that, being involved with the committee organising the festival, but also attending the folk club, so and plucking up the courage to sing there. So I have sung once, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm sort of building myself up to do a bit more of that. Um, uh, crafts, so arts and crafts has come back in. Um, I do, a, I do a bit of that on my own at home, and it is obviously quite an isolated thing. So I also chair a group that, that um, runs craft groups in the community for the community. Okay. Okay. Well, so that's a community group, so it's not like a what's the thing? What's the art, art ways? It's the local art group. Yeah, no, it's not a professional thing like art ways. It's more uh, people having. Fun. It's not. It's not. It's the, the emphasis care. is not on the quality, no. shall we say? <laughs> no, it's on the. So, it's on the social. Yeah, people yeah. learning to do things together and mm. you know and creating things to sell for money for the group. Really, so it's just mm. fairly low level craft. And it's so again, so again, so you're 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 but you're trying to balance the like say the work leisure and you know paying the bills. Yes, and 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 have and have gone part time. To do that to some extent as well, because I realised that I was doing much more fun with all the other activities I was doing outside. Because I don't have children, I can afford to do that, so I can afford to focus more on some of that leisure stuff and get more involved in it. And so that that is what I've done. So I kind of have keep a stressful job that pays well for three days a week, and then try and do the more uh, fun things the rest of the time. But actually, quite a lot of the activities I'm involved in, you end up organising things and going to meetings and stuff and so the, the boundaries are a bit blurred between say, yeah. work and yeah, that sounds like very much no I'm saying yeah. so all that organising what you'd call there's, work there's a lot there <laughs> well, yeah. yeah we would call work a lot of it yeah for a little bit of play mm. Mm. that's true I suppose the stuff that I consider to be really playing is um, going out and seeing bands mm. and getting drunk still I've <laughs> been <laughs> grown up so when we've got a healthy music scene well, depends what you mean, really. I mean, it, it, there's lots and lots and lots of live music all over mm. the place. Um, all the way through the week, really, you can find something, I think. Okay. And mostly, it's cover bands, mm. which is, uh, you know, in the past, I would have been very snobby about. Um, but actually, some of them are very good. And, <laughs> you know, you take what you get. Mm. It's not, you know, Wayward is not Leeds, and it's never going to be that. Leeds had a very, very big, vibrant scene, but... Um, but there, is, there are good ones and there's lots of um, singer-songwriter types as well. If you know where to find them, mm. you can find them. Is that people of all ages playing, playing music? Or is it yeah, just it is. young people? No, it's much more mixed. Yeah. When in Leeds, that was it. It was a 20, 20s and 30s. Yeah, great. Thank yeah. In Leeds, it was much more 20s and 30s mm. year olds, I would say. Um, well, that's possibly the type of places you were going to. Like, like say, I imagine Leeds must have a quite diverse music scene as well. Anyway, that's a different area. Yeah, okay. Um, so music, so music, music and drinking. Yeah. 
Uh, that things like what other facilities have we got down here? We've got cinema, we've got theatre. Have you ever been to? Not often. Um, no interesting. I have been to cinema, but I, I don't. I just don't find cinema a very sociable thing to do. I like to talk. So why would you go to sit in silence? <laughs> um, but if there's a film I really want to see, then I'll go. Mm. Um, the theatre, no. I've been to see. I went to see the water side. Uh, not the way with operatic mm. show last year just to see what it was like because I was thinking of joining them and it was quite good obviously that won't be happening now okay. with the pavilion closing so no it's opened up again they, 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 appointed, they gave it to that community group to run it yeah but they're still not I don't think how they're going to do it yet mm, well, good luck anyway yeah, yeah we'll see um, um, and it's the way with drama club just they've got their little drama thing well I'm not yeah you see things I, I quite like being in amateur dramatics I, I particularly like watching it no. <laughs> inflict that on everyone else it's more fun to be in it yeah. you know it's not about I don't I've never been I, I mean I have gone to the theatre quite a bit in the past but not because I really I wouldn't put it down as a high thing that I really mm. like in Leeds I was a I used to be an usher at the West Yorkshire Playhouse mm. um, you know to get out and about I suppose but it, it so it went I saw shows for free mm. some of them mm. and some of them were fantastic but I Seeing them free is great, but I wouldn't really... There's not something, a priority I'd pay for, really. just depends what... Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a big craze of mine. No, OK. Um. And I suppose cycling has continued okay. a bit. I mean, that's something... I used to cycle quite a lot at university as well, and then when I moved to Weymouth, got a bike. Um, and I'm just starting to build that up. But the, the times when I've been out... I only ever go out on my own now, um, but basically it is still a bit like I'm a kid and I'm going off adventuring. Mm. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I wonder where this road goes, I wonder where that lane takes me. Did you cycle quite a long way? Um, I don't know if it's all that far. I mean, on a bike, everything's so fast, really. Probably, I've been out to Portland and I've been out to Burries Cove and round the back of the nature reserve, round the back of Lodmore and mm. around there. So. That's probably about the limits of okay, how far I've been. Yeah. And really, mainly on cycle paths because I'm still a bit nervous about going on the roads, but I'm trying to build that back up and to keep reminding myself how I cycled all the way from Exeter to Penzance on roads. You know, I should be able to do this. <laughs> but, you know, the 15-year-old me was a bit braver than the 40-year-old one, so... Well, it's also the fitness levels as well, I would have thought, because I suppose if you were well, cycling not... more regular at 15... Yeah, sure, although that's not what stopped me. Um, so far, it's not been, you know, I've not been, so I'll better go home and knock it, it hasn't been that. Because so. it's sort of like, I've stopped cycling completely lately, and um, I think it's the fitness levels that stop, stop, stop me. Um, because, yeah, like when you, well, Lockmore and Bowley's not far, but Portland is, yeah, especially if you're cycling up the hill. No, I've not been up the hill. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just go to the inside, go to the bottom of Fortune's Well, go to the pub, go to the Cove Inn. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Come back. laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I always fit the pub in somewhere. Good, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, thank you. Is there anything that has sprung to mind that we've not covered that you'd like to add? No, I don't think so. Okay, well, thank you very much for that. You're welcome. <laughs>